1: sadak tv voice of the cincinnati reds and you're up for late night reds talk
0: what is going on everyone welcome to the emergency edition of late night reds talk live the first ever emergency edition as there's a lot of news this week in reds land i am joined by my pal the legend clay snowden uh, to talk through it all and uh hopefully uh, uh maybe provide a little bit of Reds therapy here on this Friday evening clay how you doing
1: not too bad I have uh finally got a microphone so I'm doing that for you all
0: you, you sound great you sound great clay clay what's your what's your overall mood here you know with this this week of uh uh, really, World Series ends on Monday, and it was uh, right into it, you know, uh, with the, with the Barnhart move and then the uh, uh, the Miley waiver deal. Uh, what's your thoughts on this uh, crazy uh, week to start the off season?
1: Yeah, honestly, it's somewhat confusing. Um, I would imagine a lot of this has to do with the CBA a lot of the moves being made quickly, the Reds are not the only team kind of making quick moves and and making some moves that may seem somewhat suspect. Um, Overall, I have not yet hit the complete rebuild panic button. And the reason why is because I did not expect, or excuse me, I expected these moves to be made. I just did not expect them to be made all very quickly. Um, I know that we've talked about in, others have as well. The rotation was not going to be the exact same going into twenty twenty two. Um we know the opt-out clauses or the the options that Barnhart and Nick had. So um overall it's a lot to digest in one period. And I, I understand why some people will really be, oh my gosh, they're rebuilding as fast as possible. It's just shed all of the salary. But if you take a step back um, you can kind of squint to see where it's not necessarily has to be that way. Um, but the crawl comments, that is what a lot of people are clinging to right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, we've, we've tried to, to warn people just never listen to what a GM says, especially Nick crawl means he's not his strong suit.
1: No, um, not at all. And we've, I've said this before and I know I'm not that I'm some PR master or anything, but that guy is a disaster. Whenever he gets questions, it's not the first time he said something that everyone knows. Just why, why would you say that? You know, it's just, I don't really trust whenever he's behind a microphone. It's scary. And honestly, um, I'm not saying he's not qualified to be a GM. I don't know if he is or is not, but, Man, a little bit of a PR crash course could do him wonders.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll get into a little bit more of the conversation, but uh, before we we get too far, I want to make sure we tell you guys about uh, Bet Online. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of the basketball season, uh, more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the basketball and football action this season. Uh, So head over to the new site, sign up today and receive your free 50% off welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code uh, believe 50 that's B L E A V 50 to receive your bonus from basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing and UFC, right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2020 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports Bet online, where the gaming starts. Thanks to that message uh, presented by I Believe, uh, the new uh, podcast uh, network that Late Night Reds Talk Live is on. So yeah, it's just a wild week. Um, I will say it's kind of kind of cool. It's kind of interesting, you know. Like we jump right out of the World Series and we have Reds news. Like normally, it's like you know we're quiet, nothing going on till the winter meetings. Maybe a few, like you know. They make their decisions on arbitration. But um, interesting to have have Reds news right off the shoot, whether whether you like it, love it or hate it, you know, but um, but yeah, it's at least interesting, you know. So
1: yeah. I mean, the- it, it kind of feels like, you know, looking at Twitter, it makes me realize that a lot of these people I follow are not NBA fans because this <laughs> is very NBA offseason type of stuff like the NBA moves so fast. So many players traded, all kinds of crazy things happen, and um, we're getting a little bit of a taste of that right now with baseball.
0: Yeah, yeah, just, um, yeah. And like you said, I mean, I think it will slow down quickly when we get to the end of this month, uh, um, as, as most people are anticipating some form of uh, a lockout, um, hopefully not long, we we're hoping and praying for that, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see just kind of how the rest of this month plays out, um, and, and how aggressive teams are. Will some teams maybe try to sneak some free agent signings before the CBA deadline, or will just everyone, you know, is this just um, shed what you can and then wait and see what happens with with the CBA? I don't. I honestly don't know. I don't know if anyone really knows.
1: Yeah, I don't know either. The only thing I could imagine is some low level type of signings where maybe they want to get in before the new CBA. I don't think your big names are going to be signing before the CBA. Now I may be completely wrong and anyone who's not an agent or in the game, it's really difficult to project what's going to happen because we don't really know um, what strat- what strategy will be used. but yeah, there's there's a lot of moves across the entire MLB. This weekend and I'm writing um, I recently wrote an offseason outlook for my Detroit Tigers and I'm about to write one for the Reds and I wrote about three hours worth of info and deleted it all because I realized I can't do this until Monday like there's just too much going on. So um, I know a lot of people are in the same boat. We have to just wait and see right now, which is kind of the worst part about it.
0: Yeah, you may not. You may have to wait till after the uh, uh, the non tender deadline because yeah, who uh, you know I we'll get into it in a minute. I, I did not expect them to uh, uh, decline uh, Miley's option. Um, our, our guy Kyle Berger, who was on the show uh, on Monday, did uh, so credit to Kyle. He he nailed it. He said, "I'm not sure they're going to pick it up." Um, so so he was on top of it um but yeah I, so now i'm really kind of like second guessing myself on on my my uh projections with the um um with the non-tender candidates um just it's 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 going to be interesting um let's go into to each player um we got some questions we got a lot of great great feedback uh uh some uh um
1: what's up wookie
0: wookie and Jim. thanks for your guys' support tonight um um, thanks for uh, using us as your, your, your therapy source. We appreciate it. So let's go into the, the Tucker Barnhart um, deal first. I'll just kind of give the overview just in, in case you – I don't know why you'd be watching the show if you didn't know the news, but in case you didn't, we'll run it through. So uh, basically the gist of it, Tucker Barnhart was traded to the Tigers. He was traded for a prospect that probably by all accounts will never reach the major leagues. He was just kind of your, your throw in for the deal. Um, The reason the Reds made the deal was basically to save um, $500,000. The Reds would have um, uh, uh, not uh, picked up Tucker Barnhart's $7.5 million option. And if they didn't pick it up, they would have had to uh, pay him a $500,000 buyout. So by trading him, um, they they, they didn't do that. Um, They didn't have to pay the buyout. Um, They got a prospect back, but again, by all accounts, this guy's probably never gonna make the major, so I'm not gonna waste any time. No offense to, to, to the young man, but he it, it's not, not important. Um, yeah. so first, I'll just say, you know, like I didn't think Tucker Barnhart was going to have his option picked up, so this move to me means nothing because this is exactly what I thought, and the Reds actually saved five hundred thousand dollars. So for me, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't upset. It did nothing for me because I expected this move to happen. I don't know. What about you, Clay?
1: Yeah, I think it's a win-win for everyone involved in the Tucker move. Um, Tucker was so well-respected in Cincinnati on and off the field. They were able to send him to a Detroit Tigers team, which I was on a Tigers podcast a week or two ago, and they asked about Tucker specifically. And I told them exactly what I'll tell you, you know, He's not going to light the world on fire, but the most important part in the Tigers team building cycle is the starting pitcher. So they went out and acquired a guy who is a good defensive catcher. He's been around for a while. They're not committed to him long-term because they have Dylan Dingler, who's a top 100 prospect coming up. So it, it really worked out for everyone. You allow Tucker to go to a place where he can start. You allow him to, you know, make the money that, you know, the Reds weren't going to pay him, but in a way, he kind of deserves. And you allow Stevenson to start. I I don't see the negative now. As I was writing about the Tigers, I two weeks ago, I did actually look look up Nick Quintana. I believe is how you pronounce his name.
0: We weren't even going to mention his name. He's not important. No, no Well, I'm I not. know. Well, a few people next, have as asked
1: about him, and yeah, he was good in college. Yeah, he was a second round pick. Um, he's been pretty bad and he's a 23 year old who is in AAA. usually those guys especially college experience guys do well in single a at that age they're so much older than the other players and he had a 91 wrc plus um this is just a depth move i i don't see much from it but um now the reds have a starting catcher and i know you and i are big stevenson fans um and the question just becomes you know who's going to back him up.
0: I think your, your boy, um, Aram pointed out that, uh, he will be rule five eligible next year. Yes. Uh, so if by the time opening day, 2023 comes around, um, he would be out of options, right?
1: He would... Yeah. They just won't protect him most likely. Yeah. So and uh, what that means for the, I, I don't, the rule five is a little bit complicated. And I understand if an average fan doesn't understand, Um, I believe it's your first five seasons. Um, Maybe it's, yeah, it's five seasons, I think. Or if you have, there's other qualifications. But pretty much you protect them, put them on the 40-man roster, or you don't. And they're exposed to the Rule 5 draft. There's also a minor league um, Rule 5 draft. So that does not mean that he has to leave the organization if uh, he would not be someone i would imagine would get selected and he would just be in triple a double a wherever he is um so i'm not too worried about his status there
0: yeah um so yeah i mean in 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 a way you know i think the reds kind of did right by tucker barnhart right i mean they 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 set him up for success um he didn't have to be um, have his option declined. He got traded, you know. I mean, I, I think in, in in terms of Tucker, this this thing didn't drag out. I mean, I think they kind of did did right by him in a way. So
1: absolutely you know, good, good
0: for him. And you know, we'll root for him with the Tigers. I think it's a good fit for him. It's a good fit for the Tigers. Um, but the Reds have Tyler Stevenson and it's his time. And, you know, they I don't want to say they don't need anyone standing in the way of him, but you know, they need to 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 put faith in him. You know, we had Devin Masarocco on the show a couple weeks ago and he this was without being prompted. This wasn't us, you know, prying or anything. He said that when Ryan Hannigan was traded, it like set off a light bulb for him and it was like, okay, this is, this is my job now. And, and so I'm excited to see how Tucker can take that and run with it. Um, and it just, it didn't make sense to pay $7.5 million um, with the budget. Let make sure, sure it says right with the budget that the Reds are going to have. It just didn't make that money just doesn't match um, for probably, you know, at most 40 games starting. Right. If all goes well.
1: Yeah. And bottom line, and this is kind of hard to think about when people are good. You know, you get emotionally attached to players and I try not to because there comes a time when they all need to be moved on from. The Reds upgraded at the catcher position this week. Um, and why I say that is because Tyler Stevens Tyler Stevenson will be the clear number one, and that's going to make the Reds a better team offensively. And his defense isn't as good as Tucker's. Um, I think, I personally think Tucker was a really good defensive player. I didn't think he called flawless games or anything, Um but the Reds are going to get a bet a much better offensive production, and now you don't have that in the clubhouse of who is the catcher. Do we have to split starts? And um, there there was a question on Twitter about upgrading or who they could get as a backup. Um, luckily, there's I was I was looking at the free agent catchers. They can go with the cheap route, and there's tons of of vets available um, in the two million dollar ish range. Um, I mean, you're not going to expect a ton of at-bats from there were a ton of games, but even a, um well, like Roberto Perez is a really good defensive catcher. He may stay in Cleveland. Um, th- there's just a lot of options. Pina was a really, really good backup for the Brewers. I imagine he pro- probably resigns there, but there are options out there.
0: Yeah, definitely. You know, I think it'll probably be one of those things that would be one of the last things that they address. Um, you know, they're going to look to probably sure up their their outfield, obviously, which is which is going to be a need, um, um, assuming, you know, Castellanos does opt out of the or um, doesn't accept the qualifying offer and the Reds aren't able to to resign him. Um, I think it'll probably be one of the, the last things. I mean, I think there will be guys like like, you know, like you said, Jan Gomes or or Manny Pena that would make a lot of sense. Um, Or they may just look to just, you know, pick up someone, um, you know, on a minor league deal um, just to kind of, you know, um, um, give some competition for our our USA baseball all-star catcher, um, you know, in spring, spring training. So again, I mean, we're talking, you know, probably 30 or 40 games next year starting. Um, That's not insignificant, but, um, I, I don't think you want a, a massive chunk of your payroll. So, you know, that move didn't surprise me at all. Um, You know, I think it was honestly, I mean, I think it was great that the Reds were able to find someone to take them and then, you know, save that 500000 I know people laugh at that and say, oh, 500000 It all adds up, you know, over the yeah. course of the offseason. Like, I don't want the Reds making stupid moves where they're not saving 500000 If you have an opportunity to do it, do it. Maybe it's not a big deal, but it's better than not. I don't I don't know why there'd be anyone upset at that part of it.
1: If you add that 500,000 to the $75,000 they got from Mark Payton, I mean, we're looking we could really add a big player here.
0: <laughs> oh boy. All right. Well, let's let's move on to the I would say the more controversial of the moves. Um, I think most rational Red fans expected Tucker Barnhart to probably have his option declined. Um, um, but Wade Miley uh, was, uh, when I saw the news, I had to like think about it for a minute. It was like just so weird and bizarre. And the more I th- thought about it, it kind of like made sense how it all worked out. But Um, Wade Miley was claimed off waivers by the Cubs. Um, essentially the Reds, what they said is they, they tried to trade him. They couldn't come up with the trade partner. Um, uh, so the Reds put him on waivers. And again, this was another way to, to save some money. Um, so instead of declining his option, the Cubs pick him up and they pay his $1 million buyout. So that is 1.5 million. The Reds saved as opposed to just straight ending. Um, And I don't know, Clay, do you remember teams doing this before? Or did we just never really pay attention to this? I don't remember teams getting out of these buyouts.
1: I was thinking about that today, and I did not come up with one example. I'm sure it's happened, but I cannot think of any. Um, I think what we all need to understand with Wade Miley is what he actually is. He had a phenomenal year. And when we work off of recency bias, it's when you get burned. Um, I mean, he was a six-war player th- this year. He's going to be 35 years old. He pitches to contact. Um, he's not someone who's just out there going super deep into games. He has a lot more mediocre baseball in his career than good baseball. It's not that I dislike Wade Miley. It's that I realize that, okay, if you're going to spend $10 million on him and you have some younger arms that you want to bring in, or if you want to, and I know we're talking about direction of the team, but if you want to add, you can use that 10 million elsewhere. It's not that they think, Oh, you know, we're just going to be super cheap. It's in a way them thinking, okay, well nobody, they try to move him and nobody wanted him. That should tell you enough about, you know, nobody was willing to give anything up for him. Supposedly, you know, I'm going off of what was reported here. Um, I think Wade Miley is a good player. I did not think he would get close to producing what he did the, this season. Um, he's kind of burned out the last couple September's, and he's just getting older. And that's just—it's it, not as bad of a move as most people think. Now there was a comment in the chat from Jeff Howell who said that Wade Miley's going to throw no hitter against the Reds. Yeah, there it is on the field of dreams game. That would literally be hell.
0: Opening day, will even the yeah. op- Don't they play the Cubs on opening day? I uh,
1: don't want. I don't want Wade Miley having multiple chances to throw no hitters.
0: <laughs> oh, um. So yeah i I was surprised that no one wanted to pay yeah. Wade Miley ten million plus a cheap prospect i i I was surprised and it's i agree with most of what you said clay where you know i i think he's probably close to going into his age 36 season right i I think he's probably close to a coin flip next year
1: yeah his his birthday actually is november 13th he'll be 35 years old
0: okay okay so going to say happy
1: early birthday current chicago cubs Starter Wade Miley. <laughs>
0: um, see, I, mean, I think he's probably a coin flip on, you know, if he'll be a um, average, slightly above average pitcher. I mean, I think it's probably a coin flip which way it goes. Um, I thought someone would would do that with with like Charlie Morton getting a twenty million dollar deal. I was like, well, Wade Miley surely going to get, you know, you know, someone's going to want him for ten. So, I mean the market says what the market says now I I hear people when they say well you could have held on to Wade Miley and, and maybe got more suitors as the off season went on and that's fair I mean I, mean, I think that's definitely possible but the question is how much more are you really going to get out of him I mean if if literally no one stepped up now like if you thought hey Wade Miley at 10 million that's a great deal you would have jumped on it now right like I don't yeah. see much changing between now and, you know, February. Um, so, you know, it was it was very strange that, that it went the waiver route. I, I definitely did not expect that to happen. Um, but again, I, I don't think this is a move that um, is a make it or break it move for the Reds. And I also don't think either one of these moves – Really signal one way or the other the way the rest of this offseason is going. The Reds may continue to cut payroll. It's possible they they may say that was all we needed to do and that's it. I remember last year when the Reds you know salary dumped Rysell Iglesias, non-tendered Archie Bradley and Brian Goodwin. I remember everyone saying, "Oh, this is just the beginning. They're going to keep going. They're going to," and they never dumped anyone else. Like that was it. So, I, I, I just I don't think there's any clear direction one way or the other. Something interesting, and the Reds' payroll, according to, to Spot Track, went down to 115 million today after um, uh, Miley was claimed by the uh, Cubs. Uh, Nick Cassianos, I believe the qualifying offer is around 19 million, right?
1: Yeah, just under 19.
0: So what does that get us? That gets us to 139 million if Nick Castellanos was to accept the qualifying offer, which actually is like right at what the Reds payroll was <laughs> in 2021. So I almost wonder if it's possible that that Castellini said, "Hey, you want to offer a qualifying offer? Um, we need to cut the payroll down just in case he accepts." I don't think there's any way that 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 Nick Cassianos accepts the qualifying offer.
1: I don't think so either. I, I don't think um, it's
0: one hundred percent impossible, just because of the, the CBA concerns. They also one thing to also point out with the qualifying offers: once you've been qualifying offered, they can't do it again. So the Reds couldn't do it again next year. So that detaches that from him, it would give him one year to, you know, say, "Hey, that 2021 wasn't a fluke. I am this legit player." Again, I don't think it's likely he stays, but I do think it was maybe possible that 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 Castellini and the ownership group said, "Hey, if you want to offer this qualifying offer, you need to cut payroll down just in case he accepts, because that's our budget is going to be about the same." Um, and so yeah, I. I Yeah, I I don't know. It was just kind of interesting that the numbers like exactly almost matched up.
1: And one thing I always say in roster construction, and this is just me, I'm not saying that everyone thinks this way. I'm not saying that it's even necessarily the best way of thinking. I don't like giving out big deals to people who are 35 or older. um, Simply because there's more times than not that you get burned. And I know you can say, oh, well, Max Scherzer or Nelson Cruz, and you can come up with a handful of examples but there's 10 times as many examples of players who don't meet, meet expectations or meet the contract so I don't think it's that big of a deal there's you know not taking anything away from Wade Miley part of the reason why I feel like Wade Miley was such a incredible fan favorite this year is because no one expected it because his past Did not give us any indication that this is what he would be. So, a lot of times when the unexpected happens, you cling on to that and it's fun, it's interesting, and you ride the wave. But it's, I would say, it's a lot more likely that Wade Miley goes back to being a solid number five, like, you know, pretty good pitcher than it is that he's putting up a six war again next year.
0: I absolutely loved and enjoyed Wade Miley pitching, but if he's on the Cubs next year, I hope he sucks. I hope he's terrible. Mm -hmm. I hope he gets rocked every start. Um, Maybe maybe he can pitch well against the the Cardinals and the Brewers, but yeah. Um, Yeah, again, I I think he's probably a coin flip. Um, Sure, I would have loved to have brought him back. Um, You know, I talked before about, you know, maybe some sort of of even – role where he was like a hybrid between a starter and a reliever that could be super valuable but if the budget is going to be around the same as last year you had to cut somewhere and you know these two guys you know made the most sense and then we also had those comments I wanted to to make sure we we addressed the the comments of crawl with um crawl said that um, they're not going to trade any players attached to prospects again anymore to save money, which I like that. I, I definitely like that part of it. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that the, the Homer Bailey trade was necessarily as big of a disaster as, as I think John Heyman and others have made it out to be today. Yeah. Um, I don't necessarily think it was great, and I, and I don't know if that's a good strategy going forward. Just because we, we understand now, I think, better how valuable prospects are. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think it's good, you know, they're not just going to, you know, throw a really good prospect, you know, throw Reese Hines on with, with Mike Moustakis to, to, to save some payroll. Um, cause that's not going to help the, the, it might help the the Reds in 2022, but it's not gonna help the Reds in you know, 2025 and 2026 and beyond.
1: Yeah. And I know I've said this before about there's times to do it. And the time to do it is when you're in a championship window, um, attaching a prospect to get out of salary. If you're in a a money crunch, the time to not do it is to just get, get out of money for a reason that you're not going to add. So I I really don't know if the reds are going to add. I I think the next, you know, the next move is crucial um, because if they continue to quote unquote salary dump, then we have an idea of a direction But what if they add somebody or what if they use this money to extend Tyler Malley or what if they use, you you, you know, you could come up with any scenario that they use the money in a way that shows that they're not rebuilding. Does that change the direction? Does that change everyone's feelings or are they going to continue to? Because I really do think if they were just like trying to just straight up rebuild, then they would have somehow traded off a Suarez or a, Moustakis or um, Gray, Castillo, like, you know, there's several others. These moves that they've made, none of them have been a surprise to me. They just all ha- happened in a vacuum, and it kind of freaked everybody out.
0: Yeah, I mean, if the Reds are going full rebuild mode, I would expect Castillo and Mally probably to be either gone or extended. It'd be one or the other because they, they're only signed for two more seasons. Uh, Winker's probably in that boat, too. He's only two more years as well, um, so again, really that would be I think the the bigger gauge. Now I guess if Sunny Gray you know gets traded, I mean then that, that that's pretty well you know um, really tanking the rotation. Um, but yeah, I mean those are the guys that would really be the rebuild trading type type guys more so than you know the guys who had some money that that you can move around your your budget. Um, Got a couple questions here um, about um, several people have kind of asked it um, about Hunter Green. I mean, I would definitely think that Hunter Green is now absolutely in in the driver's seat to have a a, a real shot at at making the the opening day starting rotation.
1: Yeah, Hunter Green to me, I watched a lot of Hunter Green. And it's the excitement of where he was selected, what a unique player he is. He can touch 103, 105, whatever it is. Um, if you watch Hunter Green, his fastball is fast. However, it does not have as much movement as you would like. Now, that's okay if you have strong secondary pitches. He's still working on his secondary pitches. I think he very well could be up at some point next year. I don't think he is a opening day starter. Um, right, right out, right out of the gate. And another thing that I need to caution everybody on, just as a reminder, is you know these prospects. When people talk about them, they project out what their career will be. They don't project out what year one's going to be. Excuse me. Many um, rookies take a couple years to kind of get going. Now we saw, you know, India kind of come out of the gate and just. Struggled very, very short amount of time, but then, you know, he had a fantastic r- rookie year. But the Lodolos and Greens of the world, those people are not going to be top of the rotation pitchers in year one. Um, I'm still a little bit concerned about the starting rotation. I actually think Lodolo is further along than Green. Um, I would expect more of an impact from Lodolo than Green. I don't think their ceilings are the same. I think Green has a higher ceiling. But I think Lodillo is more um, ready now. He's much older than Green. I think three years older, has college experience, has pitched well. Um, Green had some control issues, not, not control as much command issues. And I would not mind seeing Green in, tro- in AAA a little bit longer. I'm not saying he has to be there until July. I'm just saying a few starts, and unless he just looks you know dominant in uh, spring training, he still has to iron out the secondary pitches, and uh, he's close. He's still so young. Everyone forgets how young he is because it feels like he's been around forever.
0: Yeah, plus he had you know Tommy John, which yeah. which you know, took out a year and a half of his of his uh, minor league. Plus,
1: yeah, no no twenty twenty yeah minor league season either. So uh, he's kind of working behind the eight ball right now. But don't get me wrong, I think he's going to be a really good pitcher. I just think. There's still a little bit more to go in the minors for him.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And you know, um, Reds also probably will maybe try to bring someone in, um, as well, you know, maybe to compete for a, a rotation spot, you know, maybe similar to like a, a, Jeff Hoffman last year, Jeff Hoffman himself might, you know, continue to, uh, uh get another shot at the rotation or, or the bullpen. um, I think you can. I think it's 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 very possible. Not not saying it's probable, but it's it's very possible that you could um, replace whatever Miley would give you in 2022. Um, you know, with 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 the cheaper option, and, and there's going to be, I think, much more significant needs specifically um, with the offense. Um, so yeah, it would just be interesting to see kind of how they you know they piece the rest of this team together. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely think you know Lodolo and, and, and Green will um, will get a legit shot, and you know, I think I think man, I think sometimes we we get spoiled with with how good Castillo, Gray, and Mally are. We don't realize how good they are. I mean, I, I looked up earlier since the start of 2019 in um, Fangraphs version of WAR, Castillo is 10th in baseball, Gray's 18th, and Mally's 36. I mean, there's 30 teams. <laughs> Yeah. you have two of the top or three of the top 36 pitchers and Malley is I think even better than that because 2019 wasn't wasn't a, a banner year for him so you got three really 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 good starting pitchers I'm interested to see maybe the Brewers starting pitchers maybe come back down to earth a little bit because I thought going into last year I thought the Reds three were really close with the Brewers um Freddie Peralta
1: was never supposed to be as good as he was this year. And
0: Corbin Burns wasn't supposed to be like a 50 win pitcher. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, what? What was that? Nick's
1: a big, big, big pitcher win staff guy. He loves pitcher wins. (laughs)
0: Um, But yeah, and I don't know. You know, maybe the Reds will make another deal where they, they acquire a pitcher and an outfielder together. I think the Reds will be really active on the trade market. It just seems like. Um, the Reds would be better suited to look for players via trade th- than most of the free agents. There might be a few free agents here and there. If you really kind of dig through most of the free agents, it feels like most of them are, are either, again, we're talking within the budget. We're always talking within the budget. I know everyone wants the Reds payroll to be more. I want the Reds payroll to be more, but there's no point in constantly fighting over that it is what it is but in terms of what the reds budget will be it feels like most of the players in the free agent market are probably like too high or too low there's not enough middle guys i don't know do you feel that way clay like when you're kind of looking there's not enough guys that are kind of in that middle like like that the adam duvall's of the world aren't free agents they're players you'd have to trade for
1: yeah there's so much talent in this free agent class and there's so much talent that's going to get more than 20 million a year And I don't know how many of those type of players the Reds are going to be signing. Um, I mean, it's a super deep, super deep shortstop class for top end talent, but the drop-offs across the board are pretty drastic. Um, The Reds will bring in somebody, right? They'll sign somebody in that four to six million dollar range, maybe you know, the backup catcher, um, maybe. Somebody in the outfield is where I would like to see them, especially depending on what they do with Naquin. Uh, I think he's, what, 3.7 projected or so um, salary. But, yeah, the Reds are not going to be going off after the Carlos Correa's and um, the the future Detroit Tiger Carlos Correa, that is. Um, But, yeah, I I don't think it's – I understand why people are panicking because we've all seen this movie before reds getting cheap reds you know getting rid of players i just think that um sorry a question came up on the chat um i i just think that the reds are not quite at that rebuilding point yet as we stand right now at 10 39 p.m on friday november the 5th now that could change and every so somebody was coming after me because i They wanted me to change my opinion. Well, when facts change, your opinion should, too. If the Reds do a drastic move, then, yeah, I can change my opinion. But right now, I don't see, like I said before, any of these moves being a surprise. It didn't work out the way that we thought it would. It was kind of strange how they were traded or waivers and whatnot. But um, we'll go ahead and read this question. The outfield market seems relatively deep. What do you think about the possibility of signing someone like Jorge Soler? Jorge Soler, ladies and gentlemen, was terrible for the majority of the year. Okay, he is a low average, high strikeout, low on base hitter who has a lot of power. He got hot with Kansas City for about a week and a half, two weeks. I picked him up in fantasy and immediately dropped him afterwards because that's just who he is. He's kind of streaky. There's a reason why he was available at the deadline for not that much. He, I like Jorge Soler. I do. I don't think he's typically the type of player that you go after right now. Again, it's recency bias, right? This always happens. People get attached to whatever the most recent player performance is. Jorge Soler was awesome in the playoffs, and he's a fun player to watch. I don't want it, the Reds – Taking that type of a signing and spending, you know, I don't know, eight million or whatever. I don't know what he's projected to make, but whatever on a Jorge Soler. I, I, he's a DH mostly at this point, and um, he hits a lot of home runs. But you all will be having the same complaints about him as you do with Suarez.
0: Yeah, uh, again, it's all relative with all these guys. How much does Jorge Soler cost? That's what if I'd be interested or not. I mean, if 4 Soler is on a you know two or three million dollar deal, yeah, absolutely sign me up. If he's 10 million, no way. But yeah, I mean Soler was hitting 192, 288, 370, uh, 76 OPS plus. he was
1: benched in what, Kansas with, City with the, with the DH. He was benched, and this and it, is the Kansas City Royals. Oh
0: man, could you imagine if the Reds had acquired him at the deadline? Like, be like, what are they doing? You know, why are you acquiring yeah. this this crappy hitter? Um, it's funny how how you know small samples so could could really change. You know, the, was the way Jorge up-
1: Solaire coming up with the Cubs this, around the same time as Felix Pia?
0: I think he was after
1: um, after. So Sola-
0: Solaire was on that 2016 World Champion team.
1: It's not that I don't like Solaire because I do. It's that I just don't think he's fitting this team construction and life cycle, that that's all it is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I, I, I I've said it all off season. I really would like the Reds. You know, if, you know, I'd love, love for them obviously to, you know, resign Nick Castellanos. That would be great. That'd be wonderful. Um, I think this team, even without Tucker Barnhart and uh, Wade Miley, but you, you know, add in Nick Castellanos, and then you have the Hunter Greens and the Nick Dolos coming up, and you have a year more of Tyler Stevenson. I think, man, it's another team that can just compete right there, right there, and then. But assuming he's gone, I really would like the Reds to to really go out and try to get some some outfielders that that are are, are better defenders. Um, you know, and I think the trade market, you know, like guys like you know Byron Buxton, could the Reds find a way to make a move for him? Man, he would just be a Great player at, at for, for the Reds. Um, but yeah, Future I
1: mean, Seattle Mariner, Byron Buxton. There you go. There you go. Hopefully, it, it, they want to
0: him to the National League. They don't want him in the American League. That's that's my... Uh, yeah,
1: my, Buxton's uh, a really fun player um, and probably like a top 10 type talent um, if he can stay on the field. We don't need another Nick Senzel type of injury past. Um That's the question with him. He just cannot stay on the field. And there's going to be a team that takes a a risk with him because he's that good. And I typically stay away from injury-prone players. But you're talking about a really, really good player um, on a manageable contract. If the Reds could pull it off, I think it would take so much out of their um, prospect capital. And the Reds aren't the deepest prospect system to do something like that um that's why I, I mentioned the mariners like they have so much prospect depth that they're in a position to do something like that the reds being kind of how they have been where they've not been the worst team to get the best prospects they've kind of been mediocre um, they just don't really have the depth in the organization to be you know shelling out top prospects for a often injured player now that we've talked about the Mariners, Kyle Lewis, that could be a little bit cheaper to get. And the Mariners are talking about potentially moving on from him. Their GM, Jerry DePoto just literally said anything that we get production wise out of Kyle Lewis, we consider a plus. Um, He's had two knee injuries. I don't know if they just don't expect him to be ready at all. They have a lot of, outfielders who are kind of okay um, and they are looking for third base help. I mean, he could get moved if the Reds could somehow find a way to get Kyle Lewis. I, w- I would like that. It, it is a little risky, um, but man, I like Kyle Lewis.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that, that really, you know, fills out your outfit. There, there's a lot, a lot of, of solid trade options. And I think that's probably where the Reds will be looking at. Um, I'm assuming, you know, most of these type of trades where it's not, you know, players who are up against it in terms of um, arbitration um, um, or or options. I assume most of these trades aren't going to happen until after the the CBA is uh, figured out, um, I I would assume. But um, but yeah, uh, interesting comment here from from Eric, in my opinion. Maybe I'm wrong, but Atlanta hit it perfect with every trade acquisition they did this summer, but you can count on the number of times that happened in baseball in one hand. I mean, look, I I know it was kind of an easy punching bag. You know, the Braves tried at the deadline. The Reds didn't. You know, I mean, the players that the Braves acquired at the trade deadline, did any of them really make sense for the Reds at the trade deadline outside of Richard Rodriguez, who I don't think pitched in the playoffs? Did any of them actually make sense?
1: No, not really. I mean... Rosario. Do you know what they traded for Rosario? Pablo Sandoval is yeah. who they traded for Rosario. And Sandoval is going to get a World Series ring, by the way, for his time in Atlanta. But, Legend. yeah, these guys were – and you see this across all sports. Um, the t- 2008 Celtics acquired some, like, kind of bench role players, and they ended up being really good in the playoffs because sometimes the stars just align – and you get lucky, and you get guys who no one else was really targeting. You get some fringe players, and it all comes together for you. Jock Peterson was not playing well at all. He gets to Atlanta. He gets into the playoffs. He starts playing well. Same thing for Soler, uh, Rosario. Duvall was playing well, but he couldn't get on base, struck out a bunch. I mean, these players, the stars align for them. If you go in with the mentality of let's do what the Braves did, you're going to lose out more times than you win a lot more times than, than you win. It worked for them. I'm not taking any, anything away from them. Um, They nailed it every single one, but I'd be surprised at how many of those players are back in Atlanta. I mean, I think Jock already said he's, he's not coming back. Right. Didn't, didn't he like opt out or whatever?
0: No, I, I don't know. I've been, haven't followed the, the Braves trade rumors.com. Um, <laughs> Yeah, and I mean, the Braves also, you know, we're assuming they also probably are going to get an extra close to $8 million back from um, Marcelo Zuna's uh, suspension that's coming. And that's literally what they spent at the deadline on. And all those players were salary dumps. I mean, the Reds could have done more at the deadline, but I just I don't think the Braves were really the example of the team that that was this great humanitarian team that, you know, made all these great moves. Like the Giants went out and got Chris Bryant. Like that's the yeah. guy. If you were to want to get someone, you want to be mad about the Reds not going to get in someone. That's the guy the Reds could have got. He could have played center field. He could have played third base. Um, put like the corners when when guys were injured. That's the guy the Reds got. Or or um, you know maybe one of the the top starting pitchers that was traded. Those are the guys that would have made a difference for the Reds. You know down the stretch, not not really the Braves unless you had a, a crystal ball and you saw that Jesse Winker was going to get hurt. Yeah,
1: if you look back on the deadline, the best, the most impactful trade at the deadline was Scherzer and Turner. And why did that trade happen? Because there's no salary cap. The Dodgers gave up a couple of good prospects. There would have been a better haul. The reason why the Nationals traded to the Dodgers is because the Dodgers have all the money and they literally said, we will pay all of the salary. For Scherzer. That's why they decided, hell, I'm just going to spend all the money that it takes to get the two, ar- ar- arguably the two best players on the market. And they gave him a good prospect haul, but that could have easily been topped. But no other team was willing to spend the money. The Reds are not in a position to say, you know, oh, yeah, 40 million, like we'll cut, you know, we'll go ahead and take that on. Like, that's just not where the Reds were.
0: And the Dodgers lost the Braves yeah, in the playoffs. Yeah. That's that's just how baseball works. So the the one thing, if 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 the Braves should teach us one thing, it's you know just try to get to the playoffs. You know yeah. th- that's the one I think lesson that 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 I think people should take is. when I mean, you get in there, it's a it's a crapshoot, and it can work in your favor, like it did for the Braves. Think of all the great Braves teams throughout the throughout our lifetimes that have made the playoffs and never played in the World Series. I mean, there were some great teams with, with three Hall of Fame pitchers. They, they, you know, after 97, they never made it back to the World Series. Then this team does. Just the the way that baseball goes, it's a, um, a crazy game. I um, think kind of a comment here. We kind of talked a little bit about it earlier. You talked about Suarez and Moose thinking that they're gone. I think we both were in agreement. We thought the Reds were going to try to move one of them. I know I said earlier, don't listen to anything the crawl says. So, but he did say today, you know, that they weren't going to um, trade players that they would have to attach a prospect. Um, so it seems to me like the only way one of those guys are moved is if the Reds are acquiring a bad contract back.
1: That or if we're only talking about offseason, what if Suarez or Moose have a great first half the reds aren't cutting it and they're moved at the deadline um there's just not if you look around the league because the the issue with so many trade proposals are people think okay this is what the reds need they need to get off this well they don't think about what the other teams needs are because many times they either uh don't know the organizational depth of the other team or they don't know the gm's typical spending habits and trade habits there's not a ton of teams that are going to be looking to take on a Suarez or Moose. The team, two teams that really, really need a third baseman that are close enough to go out and pay prospect capital for one are the blue Jays and the Mariners. And both of them are shooting for much better players than Suarez and Moose. They're talking about Jose Ramirez. You know, um, I know, I think Nick and I had talked about the idea of just like, okay, well, like, this is a type of a trade you see in hockey or something like let's attach a big prospect to get off of the moose contract. And that only makes sense if you're in your apps, like you are going for a championship because you pay whatever it takes to win a world series, right? I don't think the reds are world series ready. They're not one move away. If they were, then you can ta- attach moose plus, you know, name whatever prospect and, sh- and ship them to Baltimore. The Reds are not in a roster crunch where they're one move away. They're a few moves away um, from just being a playoff team, r- really in reality. So I think it would be awesome if they could shed one of those. I just think it's going to be di- di- excuse me difficult. Um, the DH plays a big role in this too. If you have a DH now, does Moose DH, I mean, are we going to see Moose healthy? Um, can Suarez continue what he did in September, even though we saw five months of bad baseball and pretty much a year? That he, in September, he's great the past few years. It's all the other months that he hasn't been good. Um, if they could get off the Moose contract, that would be great because that's 18 million and then 20 million next year and then a buyout, I think, 4 million the year after that, or a 20 million option if they want to pick that up. Suarez has more years, but he's 11 million each year. It's a flat flat rate. Um, so less money, longer years. I would imagine that Suarez has a better trade value in the terms of just what teams see, but with his struggles and that contract length, you've just got to wonder if anyone's willing to take it.
0: Yeah. I know we've talked about it a little a little bit on on, uh, on Twitter, you know, something like maybe trying to shed some money by not to shed some money, but trading Shogo to like the Padres for Will Myers um, and, and, see, and having the Padres maybe throw in some money back, something like that makes sense. And the reason that makes sense, Will Myers is obviously a better player than, than, than Shogo. Um, but Will Myers is owed something like $22 million this year. And he, he's, Obviously, also not a twenty-two million dollar player, so the Padres' payroll is really creeping up. I wonder if they might also be a team looking to give themselves some more flexibility to sign elsewhere. So, I, you know, I wonder if if they would be willing to do a trade like that, where they're saving, you know, twelve million dollars on on Myers, um, and then the Reds are, you know, they're already to pay Shogo either way. So essentially, they're getting a quality outfielder for about 12 million dollars themselves so not saying that trade is going to happen but that type of structured trade i think makes a lot of sense for the reds um you know kind of as a creative way to uh you know to to improve the team without just directly signing someone without just directly salary dumping someone um so i think there might be a move like that somewhere uh, it's just going to be an, an interesting off scene to see how, how kind of all of this will, will, will play out.
1: Yeah. And I mentioned it when I've been on here before the reds are the type of team that have to get, they kind of have to get interesting if they want to create a better roster and not a much higher payroll. Um, and that includes risky trades. That's just how you do it. Um, and sometimes they work, sometimes they don't, um, I'm just worried about trading prospects from a system that's not deep. And you don't, I, I don't think the reds are in a position right now to say, okay, well, we know these guys are for sure things. Like I think Lodolo's are for sure going to be a plus player. And I think green is Garcia. I, I think will be, but I'm not nearly as sold on him. The Reese, Reese Hines, I'm, he seems like somebody who has a high ceiling and a very low floor. He just has bust potential. Um, There's just not a ton of sure things. So I'm not willing to risk many of those kind of 8 to 14 range prospects because you don't want to get three years down the road and have a completely empty farm system.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, as much as we want, you know, the Reds to, to spend more, you also just can't spend to spend, you know, look at a team like the Angels. They've been a team that has just spent to spend and they're just stuck with all these, these <laughs> bad contracts. I think back to a guy, you know, I think back to the last couple off seasons, the, the, the top player that everyone wanted uh, 2019. It was Dallas Keiko, right? Didn't even make the White Sox playoff roster this year. He was – well, 2019, the Reds needed to get a pitcher, and he was, like, one of the top pitchers, ground ball pitcher. Everyone you know, did perfect great American. Didn't make the White Sox playoff roster this year. Then the next year it was everyone was – myself included. I'm not, like, picking on anyone. I wanted him to. Anthony Rendon, and his contract looks awful right now because he can't stay healthy. So, you know, I, I, <laughs> these long contracts, man, they can – they can they can bite even teams that, that spend a decent amount of money.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's so many players that sign that seem like a good fit at the time. And it just, I mean, Moose, we have it on our hands right now where that made a lot of people were criticizing that contract at the time, but that's a perfect example of someone who, wow, we think we're getting 35 home runs and instead you get 35 games played. Um. <laughs> it's just a difficult position to be in. And like I said, it's risky. Um, I do think trades are possible. Um, I'm just, and I'm not one who hoards prospects. Like I know some people will say, you know, they never want to trade a prospect. That's not who I am. I'm just worried that the Reds don't have much prospect capital. Um, And the one, the type of prospects that other teams are going to probably be looking for for your, like, fringe type, you know, really good but not fantastic players, you know, if your Ladolos and greens are untouchable, are going to be, like, Alan Serda, who's a guy who I like a lot, and I really don't want the Reds to trade him. But that's, you know, somebody who's in single A, um, younger, and has potential to grow.
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Clay, you got any other final thoughts before we uh, wrap this up tonight?
1: Uh, I don't think so. I'm checking the chat right now to see if we missed anything. Um, I don't... Yeah.
0: Thank, thanks, everyone, for, for your interactions tonight. Um, really, really enjoyed that. Um, just kind of a spur-of-the-moment thing. Wanted to do do a, a show just because uh, uh, a lot of news this week. Uh, on Monday, we're going to have um, um, a really cool guest. We'll announce it on, on Monday morning. Um, and um, he's an author, and he's going to talk a little bit about a, a book that he just wrote. And so, it probably wouldn't have as much time to discuss it. So we kind of want to do a show tonight. Uh, we might do some more shows like this if you guys liked it. You know, throughout the the off season when when news breaks, because um, we know there'll probably be a point where there won't be any news uh, for for a long time. So uh, we'll try to do these as uh, as news breaks. Thanks so much, everyone, for for watching. Um, If you guys um, aren't, please subscribe to us. We are on literally, I think, every platform now. And if there's something we're not on, let me know and I'll get it on there. Uh, We're on YouTube, Apple, Spotify. Uh, We're on Facebook. We do Facebook Live. Um, We are now on iHeartRadio. I just got us on that. We are on Amazon Podcast. So any of those places, subscribe, leave us a nice review. Five stars. We'd appreciate it. Um, thanks so much, everyone, for watching. Uh, we'll look forward to seeing you guys on, uh, on Monday night, and thanks again, um, Clay, as well, for, for coming on last minute.
1: Yep, thanks for having me. <laughs>